three, two, one for me. So because I can have sync it later oh, on. Yeah. So basically, I've ordered a uh, headphone splitter to go into the jack down here. Right. Because um, at the moment, I've only got the one port. Okay. Which makes it a bit weird. Um, trying to get the headphones in, which doesn't. Yeah. We had a problem with it when I was doing it with Josh and Shaq the other day. It didn't quite like sync all properly. Oh, okay. Which is really annoying. But you know, it's all good. Mm. Well, thank you for joining me on my new project, Mum. This is um, a complete pleasure. Uh, yeah, so harping on episode three will be this one. So I've got to upload the uh, more later on today. Okay. Um, I just wanted to mix up a little bit because so far all I've had is just mates. Fair enough. So I want to get someone who actually is qualified in something, as opposed ah. to just people just talking shit. Okay. <laughs> um, so if you just want to tell people what, a bit about yourself, okay. what you what you do. Yeah, so I am a nutritional therapist. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to, you don't want me to talk over there, or do you? Well, yeah. if you fancy, you want uh, to come yeah, to Yeah, I'm, I'm a nutritional therapist, mm -hmm. and um, I qualified in 2006, so 40, yeah, God, 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I um, I see clients on a one-to-one -one basis in the main, um, and deal with all sorts of conditions, um, from thyroid to digestion to weight loss to... Um, body composition changes to um hormones all sorts of things um i've also helped a few people with cancer mm -hmm. not my true area of specialism but you know supporting people through treatment and things like that so and it is my passion as i'm sure you know because mm -hmm. um, you've grown <laughs> you've grown up with it you're a bit of guinea pig work quite well guinea pig mm -hmm. and 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 i think what's interesting is you guys although probably when you were younger thought oh god we've got this mum that's a bloody nutritionist and mm -hmm. No fun because we can't have a snacks cupboard. Yeah. Um, I think as adults, I've seen you starting to introduce and incorporate things I probably taught you years ago, which is, which is lovely for me. Yeah, no works. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's funny thinking about like what I used to be. I mean, like you look at even look at me, you know, like teenage years when I have like a, a pack of um, ginger beer a week. Oh yes. And God knows how many packets of biscuits and shit going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as you say, teenage years my ability to control what you ate goes mm. went out the window um completely mm -hmm. um so that's where you've got to hope at some point <laughs> that you know that health prevails and you you kind of come back to something a bit a bit more healthy than perhaps mm -hmm. what you chose yeah yeah and i mean especially now more than ever because partly i think now it's a good time as anything to so we talk about more health and stuff yeah. like that um because we're in how many months we're we now three and a half yeah like three and a half months into lockdown yeah so as we get as things again more relaxed and things are going back through what what besides all the protective measures what have you seen or, or if any um in regards to nutrition and just general well-being from guidance and authorities well it's interesting because i think they often lag behind a little bit mm. from from us as therapists because mm -hmm. we probably see day-to-day -day things and they have to wait till they've got thousands of people to say oh that's that's a cause or whatever but you know the biggest one for me right from the get-go was the vitamin d levels mm. um because you know middle of winter or just coming out of winter most people's vitamin d is too low mm -hmm. you've, you've had no sun since october unless you're lucky enough to travel um and so most people that's partly why we have a flu season in our winter is that most people's vitamin d is probably below below 25 mm -hmm. in fact i was talking to someone the other day theirs was nine um whereas mine's probably more like 100 because i keep mine mm -hmm. mine high and, and actually just something to say on vitamin d there is an upper level with vitamin d okay so there is an upper toxic level so between 200 and 300 most people don't hit anywhere near 
that level but there, it, it exists so yeah. so you know it isn't one of those things where you can just keep taking tons and think it's a good idea mm. you know um so and i think vitamin d again it, your skin coloring does have an effect on how much vitamin d you can absorb so me i'm i'm pale mm-hmm. um i can go outside for 15 minutes and my skin starts to go pink yeah so i know i'm starting to burn mm-hmm. and it's the uvb rays so b for burning that actually um causes you to synthesize vitamin d through the skin mm-hmm. so the darker your skin you've either got to be out there for longer or yeah. it's going to take more effort um and so it's it's not a surprise that the bame group black and minority is that right black and it's ethnic minorities, isn't it? BAEM, maybe. Right. Anyway, yep. people with darker skin, yeah. it's no surprise that perhaps one of the reasons why they've had more issues with complications with corona is that their vitamin D levels would be low. Because you hadn't get not getting enough of it. Yeah, right. and also because of the time of year. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, so you've got Because the there isn't away. enough sun out. There yeah. isn't enough. So the sun, the sun isn't at the right um, angle for us to get burnt in the winter. Mm. It's so April to October you can get it. Mm-hmm. But actually, when you look at modern day life, um, you know, a lot of people are inside all day with mm-hmm. their job. Um, that maybe they don't take a break outside when it's lunchtime. They just carry them up at their desk or yeah. or they're inside and they're, they're in the canteen. And then people are going to work to and from either public transport or a car. And so day to day exposure to the sun during the week for some people is, is non-existent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so part of it is our lifestyle as well, isn't it? In the, in the, in the sunnier months where, you know, historically we would have been outside a lot in the summer months. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people would have been working in fields and things like that. We, we didn't have, you know, sun protection in those days. So people would have got, in the main, would have got enough vitamin D. So what are the, sort of be- even though this aside, what yeah. are the best things for strengthening your immune system? So, yeah, so there's lots of different things you can do. Um, and if we think about the gut, I, as a nutritionist, we always start in the gut. Mm-hmm. So you're, you've got something called GALT, which is gut-associated lymphoid tissue. Okay. Um, and what that is, it's like your immune system that's wrapped around your digestive system. Mm-hmm. So most people, um, if they can protect, if they support their gut by, by dint of doing that, they'll actually support their immune system as well. And if you think about it, your digestive system is the one main entry into your body mm-hmm. that anything else has got and that's why this is this galt is wrapped around it yeah because that's where viruses bacteria parasites all sorts of things will get in also we know with covid it's also attacking the lungs isn't it but again interestingly some people had digestive issues mm. with with covid and not lung issues so what what was you explained to me the other day but i can't yeah. remember what it was what was the reasoning that it attacks pretty much anything and everything so you've got these um, what they call ACE receptors, ACE receptors okay. in your body, yeah. and they are they are obviously in the lungs, which is why people are getting it there because mm-hmm. the virus will attach to those receptors. Yeah. But you've got them in your mouth, your nose, your digestive system, all over, and so some people it just seems like it's it's attached itself to a different part of the body. Um, those receptors, whether that's also partly how you've come into contact with the the virus mm-hmm. you know whether if you've inhaled it it's gone into the lungs or versus eating something that was contaminated exactly. like the beginning or, thing yeah yeah or you've you know you've you've been very close contact with someone who's you know who's got it maybe you've kissed someone and therefore it's gone into your mouth yeah i don't know i mean that's something i guess we'll find out and that's part of the reason why it's been so difficult to mm. to work on it but other parts of immunity so the other thing that i've always recommended over the last probably 10 years i guess 
is elderberry extract. Um, so there was a, a scientist in Israel, I believe, mm-hmm. who discovered that the elderberry um, protects cells from virus invasion. So if you're if you've got a high level of elderberry in your system, the the where the virus what the virus has to do is it has to pierce one of your cells, steal your DNA, mm-hmm. make a thousand copies of itself, burst the cell, and then go off and find another thousand cells in your body and do the same. Okay. And that's how you get aches and pains and things, I think, with a virus as well. Oh, you can literally feel your cells being yeah, destroyed. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. So okay. things like vitamin C and elderberry mm-hmm. and zinc seem to protect the cells because the whereas a bacteria has its own um, DNA and mm. therefore that's how it can mutate. Yeah. A virus has to borrow ours. Okay. And that's hmm. why often it's difficult for a virus to, to jump from species to species mm-hmm. because it's got it's a different DNA that it's yeah it's using. Yeah. So that's why the, the jump is always seen as significant. Yeah, and it's it's as a sort of a prescribed evolution of a virus so that it needs to have enough contact with yes. say you go from a plant to an animal to then a human. You yeah. need to have it takes a long time normally exactly. and you have that contact over yeah. it so it figures out how to get through it. Yeah, whereas bacteria as I say, I mean that's why we have bacteria that are resistant to antibiotics because they've mm. mutated to, to defend themselves. So what is the what is the main difference between sort of bacteria and viruses? Well so bacteria are kind of an organism in their own right. Right. And again, talking about antibiotics, antibiotics will only kill bacteria. bacteria so yeah, yeah, it's no use against this. No. Yeah. But some people might get a secondary bacterial infection such as pneumonia from the virus. Okay. So then they would need antibiotics, but not for the virus, but for the secondary Because that's what's hurting them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so you can kind of get a knock on where you might get an infection because obviously the virus will want to bring your immune system down. Yeah. So it can do its job. Mm-hmm. And so other things like bacteria may get in, then uh, yeah. get in. Because of the lower immune system. Yeah. yeah. Now, the other thing, of course, just talking about that, that um, lowers your immune system is stress. Mm-hmm. So we know that when we're stressed, we produce a lot of cortisol mm-hmm. from our adrenals. Um, and when you do that, um, the, the stress mechanism, cortisol, suppresses your immune system. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, we have things like cortisone creams, don't we? That yep. suppress your immune system topically. Yeah. The same sort of thing, but obviously, what we don't really want in a in this case of a virus, we don't want our immune system suppressed. We actually want it active. Yeah, yeah, so fighting it, it off. So it can fight it off at the early stage mm-hmm. before it's actually got taken a hold, and that's mm-hmm. why things like the elderberry that I talked about—that's all about prevention, mm. because it's much better for your body to try and prevent something happening than then have to, to fight, fight it. it. Yeah. Well, I think that's where you've got we're getting. I mean, first of all, we're getting loads of com- confusion and contradiction with what we've been told to do, and I've seen no. I know it's happening. I know it's the same with other countries. I've seen no indication of how we should be improving. This is how you can prevent it. There's no talk about preventive that I've that I've seen. It's no. just talk about how to respond to it. But I suppose their only prevention, and again, it's a sound one, is the that washing of hands. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's you know, that, that, that's that, that kind of yeah, obvi- obvious stuff, sanitary of, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Problem, I mean, I'm not talking yeah, about that. That's the obvious. The problem you've got is that in the medical world, everything's done by clinical trials, mm. and so some things that we would perceive in the nutrition world as being common sense, yeah, if they if they don't see it as being absolutely watertight, evidence based, they won't recommend it. What the, and what? I, I get it, I do get it, mm. but at the same time. I know in China they were experimenting with intravenous vitamin C, for example, yeah. which is meant to kill viruses. And and so I think they chose 50 people and it was very successful. So 
I think because it is so serious, they also should be trialing mm. some what they would perceive as com- um, alternatives. Yeah, even yeah. Where it, rather than complementary um, to help save lives. I don't know whether it's just because I've had you growing up or because most of my life has been based around sort of physical things. Mm. And so I've learned, you know, what is the best food? What's the best food to have? What substance yeah. to do? What is good for the body recovery immune system? But yeah, it just seems like common sense to be like, okay, we need to have these vitamins, specifically yeah. C and D. Yes. D for obviously the UV rays you're getting from that, which then, yeah, D and C, the two big ones yes. for the immune, immune yeah. resistance. It seems bizarre that maybe it's just in a very... I'm in a very fortunate position to see it. It seems very weird we're getting no instruction or anything about that. Yeah, at a very cynical level, I would say you can't make money out of vitamin D and vitamin C. You can out of the vaccine. And you can make... the antivirals that they've been trialling. Not not even that, because there's... Well, and also, uh, what's the number uh, number one um, cause for lowering your immune system? Sugar. Yes. There's so much money in sugar and anything yes. vaguely sugary that say, oh yeah, stop eating that because it means you're healthy. They're going to lose so much money. Yeah. And we, so you know, much money. We've opened McDonald's and KFC yeah, KFCs. before gyms. Yeah, I know. I know. What did I tell you? And then obviously, no matter what the uh, no matter what the positive immune response you get from exercise, yeah. the endorphins you get from that and the yeah, raised absolutely. immune system, it just knows all about that. I know, I know, it's crazy. And of course, you know, in lockdown, um, myself included, we've all put on a few pounds mm-hmm. because, uh, partly because of the stress. Yes. And therefore we start comfort eating. Yeah. And we probably go towards sugar because we're comfort eating. Mm-hmm. And yet we know that's probably the worst thing we could do. Yeah. And I think it took us a while to kind of go through that, didn't it, as a family? We definitely, the first month, we all, I mean, we had our come dine with me's and went a bit I mean they were they were great um, yeah but those, those desserts my was, god was, they, they, yes. they nearly kill me yeah. outright yeah my there god. was desserts um, alcohol yeah I mean I don't normally drink during the week but certainly in the first few weeks I was having a, a drink during the week and I think the stress was huge I mean mm. I remember being very anxious before lockdown very very anxious well I mean considering it's for a bit of clarity people who don't know yeah. obviously you're happy talking about us yes of course um, obviously you had, you had thyroid cancer yes a recurring thyroid cancer yeah so that makes obviously you a person at risk, yeah. But a high potentiality for that. So that makes yeah. I, mean, I understand why you were anxious about that. I, I think there was that, and I mean I'm four years clear now, which mm. is um, amazing. Yeah. Um, but I think also because I had a, a a bit more knowledge than maybe majority of people, I also looked at people around me and thought, gosh, that person's at risk, that person's mm. at risk, and they're people that you love. Mm-hmm. Then that also is is you know a huge anxiety yeah yeah um and i think if we were struggling goodness knows what other people were were feeling and i certainly know sleep is another thing we know is very important for the Mm -hmm. immune system yep everybody's sleep patterns changed i i feel like my sleep patterns actually come back to normal now which is brilliant yeah same and and i tried all sorts of things to try and help me sleep lots of um what we call nootropics Mm -hmm. which are things that are meant to help you sleep. A bit of CBD. Yeah, they, they didn't really work for me. Mm. And so I think part of it's been psychological. But also, <laughs> simplistically, what is working now is lavender oil, which is such an ancient thing to use for sleep. Mm. Um, so just literally on the pulse points here, pulse points here, kind of, it's a rollable, so a bit over oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, like, like, like a deodorant roller. Kind of thing, but yeah. it's tiny. Yeah. Um, and, and that just gets me off to sleep. So sometimes it's the simple things that mm. help. But I think we've all been through all of that. 
and I think the new challenge we've got, of course, is to, for the anxious people particularly, yeah. is getting them brave enough to go back out yeah. when it's safe to do so. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there was a guy um, when I got on the train uh, to work the other day. Yeah. He had, he had gloves, mask, and then right. a visor. And right. Because I wasn't wearing the same as he was. Yes. And even from he was the other end of the platform, I could see him backing up. And yes. I was like, you're like 100 metres away. Like, there's n- impossible to get yes. anything. But as you as you say is in all fairness he could be extremely at risk he's taking a big risk by going yes. out but yeah. I, I think he shouldn't be but if you are at risk yeah. um but equally he could just be very anxious and he could be absolutely fine so and i think this is where you know the furlough schemes have been brilliant mm. you know for those we, that, but we, yeah we've been especially in this country we've been fortunate for yeah. that yeah you know I, that's that's probably taken some stress off some people mm. and i know it didn't cover everybody um yeah definitely not definitely and not. Uh, you know i was fortunate to be eligible for the grant scheme so mm. you know again mm-hmm. eternally grateful yeah um, you got through okay yeah so you know so there maybe are some people that are having to go back out yeah. to work because they you know there's no money coming in and yet yeah. they, they are vulnerable um Mm. I love how this kind of just meanders, doesn't it, in terms of conversation? Well, the, now we were talking about the immune system. Well, this this, this, this <laughs> is what I was trying to say when you when you spoke about before, like what we go yeah. talk about. I was like, you'll see what happens because you, you and him talking loads of crap, so it doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. But yeah, let's just talk. So uh, going back to the immune system, mm. um, I say sleep would be something else that I think people should focus on, mm. um, and you know the common stuff like not using your phone in bed. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, switching it. You know, you can switch it to the, the yeah. yellow light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got friends who've got these weird true dark glasses that are like filters, so they, they go red. They're red lenses. Right. So that you're not taking in any blue light near bedtime. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, and in fact, they would probably wear them once it got dark. Mm. So they would wear them watching telly and everything. So that this, Because the, the reason it's important is mm. that it's the blue light that stops melatonin production. Yeah. So melatonin is our sleep hormone. Mm-hmm. So serotonin during the day. It's the awakeness, yeah. Interestingly made in the gut, then has to go up into the brain. So again, if you've got oh. gut issues. So what you eat will then affect the serotonin levels. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so, so, you know, in my practice, if I see people that are constipated, mm-hmm. they're probably more likely to have poor serotonin levels. So they probably come in with depression as well. That's very interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. the other way around they come in with depression I'm like what's your digestive you need, system and then you need some more serotonin so yes, like, so they're wow not, they're just okay. not making it yeah okay um, and then obviously it's got to get up into the brain yeah. as well from the gut um, and, and of course going back to the sugar insulin is a thing that sends it up into your brain mm-hmm. so, so, so comfort food literally is boosting your insulin yep. to get the serotonin into your brain so that on the face of it that sounds like a good thing on the face of it but of course we overdo it and okay. should, and it's, it's about the course of the course. So if you if you improve your serotonin levels, yep. then and, and you have a little bit of carbohydrate, which will still put insulin enough to to send it up, then mm-hmm. then it will go mm-hmm. into your brain. But of course, most people they're dealing with low levels of serotonin, so you probably have a higher amount of insulin to sh- to shove it up. I mean, the brain, well, the body's amazing in terms of you know making you do things mm. um, involuntarily. So, you know, for example, when you're pregnant, not you, but when, when one is pregnant, um, you need to increase your blood supply because mm-hmm. you're going to have a, An extra a bigger circulation. Yeah. So your body will make you thirsty. Mm-hmm. It will make you crave salt mm-hmm. because we know you'll absorb more water when you've got salt and water. Mm-hmm. 
and, and say a lot of women will crave salty food. So more meat, more pasta, or what else? Those big, Crisps, big bowls of carbs, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the wrong salty stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just need the salt yeah. in it, yeah. So the salt will then allow you to retain water, which allows you to make more blood. Hmm. So is that why you've been recommending that we put a bit of salt well, in our water recently? We, we do, because when I measured everyone in our house, we've all got low blood pressure. Hmm. So going back to your kidneys, um, your kidneys are filtering your blood the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that then makes urea, which then goes into your bladder and comes out as urine. So it's it's cleaning your blood the whole time. So if you're somebody with low blood pressure, what's happening is you've got low sodium and high potassium. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, remember the old days of osmosis at school? Oh, that's a great word, isn't it? High, high to low. Yeah, high yeah. to low. Yeah. So that sodium-potassium um, will will determine how much water you send out. So which is the... So if you're so low sodium, high potassium, you'll send out lots of water. Oh, okay, so it's not, it's not one or the other, it's high or low, it's whichever one you have more of. Yeah, okay. and, then, and, then, and that's why people with high blood pressure tend to have high sodium, low potassium, so they retain a lot of water, and that puts their blood pressure up. And what, what happens if they, have, so if they have high potassium, low sodium, they have low blood pressure? Or normal. Okay. But, but you know, for some people that have got low blood pressure, that's part of the problem. They... They can get dizzy, mm. you know, go from sitting to standing, they can get dizzy. Yeah. Um, so those people actually need sometimes a bit of caffeine in the morning mm-hmm. to get them going or a bit of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not for everybody. And I think that's the other thing I've learned over the years is that we are N equals one. So what that means is we're all a sample size of one. Yes, yeah, just us, yeah. So, so when I talk about anything, really, it, it might not work for somebody and it might not be suitable. Mm. You know, so people over the years say, oh, ask a question. I'll always say it depends because... Because it, it literally does. Yeah. Um, you know, you would never recommend a high salt diet to someone with high blood pressure. It's. I remember hearing this doctor saying once, they're saying that each body is so complicated and so individualistic that we can only really say like three things for certain about every single person. Yeah. Like, yeah, biologically speaking. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if you were to go back to probably A-level biology more than A-level, mm. and you look at the systems that you learn, mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of that still stands in terms of the logic of, you know, how does a kidney work? How does your heart work? Mm. All those kind of things. But actually, how does your heart work? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, And it'll be down to like millibeats per second and stuff yeah, like that. And, and also, you know, how, how strong are your heart chambers versus mine? Yeah, the size of the aorta. The... Yeah, size of the kidney. Yeah etc yes yeah. that will vary mm-hmm. but, but when i'm i'm working with someone i'm always looking for the cause of the cause mm-hmm. so that does mean kind of going back to to human biology you know so if, let's say someone's got uh, muscle cramps so you're thinking about okay so what things make a muscle contract mm-hmm. so you're thinking sodium potassium calcium magnesium so then you're kind of looking at their diet what are they eating in terms of those food groups what else is going on? So, for example, if someone's not sleeping, their digestion's poor, poor they've got leg cramps, they've got eye twitching, mm-hmm. um, they've probably got a deficiency in magnesium. Mm, okay. Okay. If they've got really low blood pressure, then you'd be looking more at sodium potassium mm-hmm. as being maybe something to look at. Mm-hmm. And, of course, with all of these things, um, you know, we always get them medically checked as well. Yeah. Because, you know, as nutritional therapists, we're not allowed to diagnose anything. So it's just for recommendations and stuff. So, so, yeah, so you would, you know, if you felt there was uh, something wrong with someone yeah, and you kind of perceived it as a red flag. So, for example, a leg, going back to the cramping, 
that could be thrombosis. Yeah. That could be a blood clot. Yeah. So you want to send them to a doctor. Make sure they're okay, yeah. They can examine them. They can do some blood tests if they need to. Make sure they're okay. And then if that's not an issue, they can come back and then we can look at magnesium and yeah. things like that. But you can't ignore No, of course stuff. not. And I think that's... Don't, I'm not going to get me shut the door. Okay. Yeah, keep it running. Dangerous having it in your house. This is true. We need a we need a, a garden studio. We, we need a shed or something. Garden studio. Oh, garden studio. Well, that's not, well, we'll just you know we'll ask him if they'll let us. So I was looking in. at a house the other day. I had a lovely garden studio. I can't remember where it was. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think the importance for me is to be seen as complementary, not mm. alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's the danger that and and why some people have got probably a bad reputation in the area that I work in. Because they oh, like, they, well, they try and be doctors. Well, they try and be doctors. Um, they also try some things that I would say are a little bit, a bit wacky, you know. Mm. I mean, I think CBD oil, for example, has has got more credibility now. But yeah, yeah, when yeah. that first started, we were a bit like, oh, not sure. Well, it's you know. we we've come a long way. Um, not as far as some places have. Like we're, we're not we're not in Amsterdam or Portugal no. yet, but it's. We have definitely come a long way in our attitudes on marijuana and that sort of stuff as yeah. well. I mean, me, I mean, me personally, I know I was very prejudiced towards it about ten yeah. years ago, but that's well, not even in that about five years ago. Yeah. But that, that's just more. That's just more from ignorance than anything else. But like the yeah, we're getting people getting persecuted for you know enjoying the plant. Yes, but I think and and you know something like multiple sclerosis. Mm. Those people definitely, uh, you know, maybe ten, fifteen years ago, were getting yeah. benefit from from using marijuana, and at that time. It wasn't being extracted into an oil, so yeah. they couldn't they couldn't take out exactly. the elements that they didn't need. Exactly, yeah. Well, you know, well so I mean, yeah, same thing for um, that's really effective for PTSD. As is yes. MDMA is really really yes. good for it as well. Yes, which and is actually, fascinating. And, and, and for therapy, okay. in fact, MDMA mm-hmm. seems to work for sort of uh, regression therapy and, and things like that to help people get through something. Yeah, usually. Um, yeah, and, and again, it's got to be in the right hands, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you do at home. Everything in everything in moderation. Um, yeah, and especially with that sort of stuff, just yeah, controlled circumstances, controlled circumstances, and to have it for the right thing. But yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean that that one again is a whole oh, a whole whole, a whole oh. other thing. Whole topic. Well, let's have a go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I know I was um, yeah guilty of being just generally prejudice against it even though even though you know i've obviously done it but yeah. it'd just be prejudice against all, all of the whole thing because i don't i've only ever tried weed by yeah. anything else and just without yeah. knowing everything else went, oh it's all bad stuff and you know in retrospect probably gay people i knew who tried different things a hard time yeah um I, I obviously now i'm like oh shit that was i didn't you, know but do you think part of it was also the danger you know because i kind of look at someone like amsterdam and think because of the controls they've got in place mm-hmm. I think some things would be safer for people to experiment with than here in that, you you know, you don't, if someone gives you a white powder, yeah. for example, you have no idea what's in it. Oh, yeah. You could, have absolutely no idea whether it's corn flour. Yeah, exactly. It could be, could be, could be flour, exactly. Could be flour. I have no idea, yeah. 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 It could be, you know, speed, oh, you think it's cocaine, it's laced with speed. People it could just... Be, it could be a Pulp Fiction, it's a fucking heroin, you know, yeah. who knows. So this is the problem with it, and I think mm. that's why most, well, personally, that's why I would get angry with people trying stuff, is that they, they actually, uh, they don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if anger is the right thing. I think, I think because it is illegal, because I was, I was speaking to someone the other day, yeah. um, a friend of mine who was saying that, who, who, who used to, 
do yeah. it quite regularly. And he's like, I can't do it anymore because I, it's it's because while it remains illegal, I'm contributing to the illegality yes. of it. No, it's not the substance itself. I've got you. It's the it's the unfortunate industry has become because of it. Yes. But the in, but again, it's a weird circle because it's like it's it, the industry has only come up because of it because it's been made illegal. Yes. And because, and then, but then, because it's made illegal, the industry come up. The industry is now um, is yeah, occasionally quite, quite bad. Yeah, and and I'd agree. And again, you know, you go back to places like Amsterdam mm. or Holland, I should say, yeah, um, or Netherlands even now, mm. not even Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, change their name. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, what they're trying to do is to be able to control some of that industry mm. that more that, illicit side of it. Yeah, yeah, you know, because because. The people that end up in that industry, I'm not. There is prostitution, but also people that end up selling drugs. They're all quite vulnerable people, aren't they? Mm. In the main, if if it's not regulated, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's and as you say, I can see why your friend would say, "I'm not, I'm not going to contribute." Yeah, I'm not doing it anymore. To yeah. keeping people that are vulnerable in that yeah. in that position, because once they're in it, they probably can't get out. Yeah, and I think it's like if you get more freedom in countries like you get obviously more states of America are doing yeah. it. You've got Portugal, Sweden. Yeah. Um, Holland, if you're able to have like the more mind expanding ones, like the you know, get more psilocybin, uh, DMT, all those sort of things, I can see why that 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 really appeals to me. That's really interesting because mm-hmm. it because it's not a because it's not a class A drug because it's it's just enhancing your your experience and it's opening your perce- your perception and awareness. I think mm-hmm. it's very interesting. I don't really see the appeal of cocaine or heroin. Just because that's not my nature, it no. doesn't, doesn't interest me. And right. I, I think, yeah, I mean, and again, I, I've known people go on kind of retreats and things. Mm. Who, I think there's one in, um, is it Puerto Rico? Maybe probably. Think, yeah, um, where they've got various herbs that they use, but it's it's in a it's in a setting of therapy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so the people that are with you are they probably take a tiny bit, so they're kind of on a similar level to you. Yeah, but they are there to look after you, protect you, and help you through whatever you're going through um yeah so i i think it has a place but i think we just have to still have to be very careful with all this kind of stuff i i agree i think because we're slightly behind the trend we've mm. got we've got we've still got a way to go to get the pre- legislation in and the regulation making yeah. us to make sure it is safe yeah because yeah i mean if we treat it like if we treat it like tobacco there's no reason not to if people can make money out of it and you know obviously the alcohol industry is worse for you than weed is yeah, and but again, going back to even those, it's like when people are trying to quit, for example, mm. we we don't really have enough support for people. Yeah, especially with alcoholics. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They, they, they're, they're happy happy to deal it out, but they don't want anything to do with the repercussions yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. So yep. you know, I think let's not add in anything else until we can deal with what we've already got. Mm, I think. It, I don't know. I think it'd be a different animal. I think it would be different. Yeah, I, but I just think. But I, it d- is open to abuse, though. Like everything is, yeah. I th- yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think if you sign off on like, I mean, CBD is a good f- step in the door. Yes. Uh, so yeah. if you then do that, to but then that's, but then that's had the the other bit taken out, hasn't it? What's the, is it? What well, I mean, it's THC. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's still you know if you're taking off it, it's all psychoactive, and depending on the person, okay. it would be, um, and depending on which CBD you get, because yeah. this is taking instead of this taking the chill aspect because because of the high you get from weed, it's yeah. a, it's a chill kind of thing as opposed to. A cocaine one where you want to fight everyone, you know. So you know, I, yeah, I've met people like that, and you're like, "What is what the hell is wrong with this person?" And they're like, "Oh, they're on this." You're like, "That makes a lot of sense." Okay. And that's sad that people have to take that to, to do their job. 
yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just... You know, I some s- environments that's... Yeah. You know, if you look at the city or something like that, you know... Yeah, already um, an industry I've been previously in. Yeah. Some, some of the people there, you're there like, okay. Mm. I kind of get it, but you're also there like, you don't need to. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. It's, my, my thoughts continuously change on this, which I think is, I think, I think it's a good thing because it's just to continually change your thoughts as you go. But it's interesting you were talking about um, exercise earlier and endorphins, mm. and I think that's maybe under underrated. Hundred percent. In terms of the endorphins, and in fact, I actually, know, yeah. they did some research, and the the receptors in the brain that CBD or um, marijuana would would dock onto yeah. are the same receptors from exercise mm-hmm. yep yep so yeah so so people could be you know getting a, a double whammy of yes you're getting fitter and you're still getting your your high well I mean, that, that's the main reason i exercise i mean you just feel so goddamn good mm. because it's it's yes it's just it's irrelevant of sort of like appearance or health number one for me is it just feels good whether it's judo jiu-jitsu lifting weights training with people whatever it yeah. just feels awesome like the you just feel like you can do anything because it's it's not like it's not like any because alcohol things like a fuzz so it's yes. more like a it's like a blurry a hangover yeah whereas like if you get the endorphin from exercise it's it's ridiculous you can just everything's firing on all cylinders it's just it's incredible yeah, and I mean, I'm not able to exercise as much as I'd like at the moment with my stupid injury. Injury. Yeah. Um, but walking is still mm-hmm. still, still something. Great. Yeah. And, you know, we're really lucky here with our with the lakes mm-hmm. and the, and the birds. Yeah. Uh, and just you know, just enjoying nature. I think yeah. that's one of the positives yes. I'd say yeah, yeah, out yeah. of out of lockdown is the amount of people that are out walking. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a park at the weekend, which is normally empty, mm-hmm. and there were so many people. Out. It wasn't even a nice day. So many people out. So many people with their chairs sitting mm-hmm. in the park, having a bit of a picnic. Yeah. You know, because there's no restaurants at the moment. we've got a week to go. We've got a week to go. But you know, it was just—it's just lovely yeah. just to see people actually just out and enjoying themselves. And and walking yourself is the ideal exercise for again for strengthening the immune system yes. because um, sitting on your ass lowers yes. it. And too much exercise, like marathon, lowers yes, it as well. Whereas, absolutely, which, well, which I don't think most people know. I think overtraining is a real well, thing. It, well, it goes back to the cortisol partly. Yes, too, it's it? too high. Because yeah, particularly cardio will suppress your immune system. Excessive cardio. Yeah, yeah. excessive cardio. Excessive, where you're yeah. push pumping out a load of cortisol. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, going back to that galt thing I talked about, mm-hmm. um, you've got something called L-glutamine. Okay, um, and L-glutamine is needed in the gut. Yeah, um, but also your muscles need it. So I kind of my, my hypothesis is that when people overexercise, the L-glutamine goes into the muscles mm. to deal with to deal with exercise, um, and then you're short of it in the gut, and so therefore you're you're more likely to have be vulnerable immune-wise. Yeah. So um, yeah. the L-glutamine um, you can buy it as powder and, and add it to things, but also it's um, it's very abundant in cabbage water. Hmm. And, and in all the brassicas, actually. So it's, it's you know... What do you mean, what's brassica? Uh, sorry, a brassica, great question. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think about the leaf, um, so that's... So another word for brassica is cruciferous. Okay. So cruci- cruciferous meaning a cross. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the leaves of those plants, they tend to have like a cross in them. Okay. Um, so brassicas and cruci- so cruciferous, same thing. So uh, broccoli, cauliflower... Oh, uh, okay, cool. Uh, sprouts. Yeah. 
kale, cabbage, mm-hmm. all those ones. Cool. Um, they have high levels of L-glutamine in them. Okay. Um, so th- that's why you get can get gas from them. Hmm. Because they're feeding the good bacteria, mm-hmm. and then they, the bacteria make gas. Oh, but so, that, that's not not necessarily a bad thing. Not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. It's just um, you just don't want to have too much of it. Okay. But yeah, yeah, so so you know there are certain foods that are high in L-glutamine. So I say you can supplement with it, but actually if you sort your diet out, that also is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the liver is also another area. You know, we were talking about immunity mm-hmm. earlier. You know, the liver is so underrated in my in my view. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about people being lily-livered. I don't know if you ever heard, ever heard that expression. It means cowardly, doesn't it? Yeah. But actually, your liver is probably one of the. You know, we you can't live without your liver. You can mm. live without one kidney. You can yeah. have your gallbladder removed. You can have, a you know, have your thyroid removed. You uh, can have all sorts of bits. But yeah, you have to have a liver transplant if your yeah. liver's going downhill. Yeah. Um, and and your liver um, does a lot of detoxification. So again, going back to immunity, you know, your liver needs to be able to to help with that detoxification. So some of that will be. Um, toxins mm-hmm. but also you know you are detoxifying your blood um you know your blood passes through your your liver mm-hmm. um and and you know gets a bit of a clean up which is why old red cells get put into the gallbladder and sent out so the pigment in the stool is from your old red blood cells okay yeah okay so when people when when people like me ask what color your stools are, part of it is to understand the red blood cell count. Red blood cell, you know, are, you, are is that being put out? Um, so people who post virally sometimes uh, stools can be grey. Does that does that mean retention then? Well, it mean, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Or mm. well, maybe there's more white blood cells going out rather than red, because mm. you would have increased your white blood cell count to fight something. Okay. So yeah, so it can, it, it can you know can make a difference yeah so so liver again going back to those cruciferous um things which made me think of it you know your liver needs um a lot of sulfur from your food so cruciferous vegetables garlic onions leeks um and also eggs Mm -hmm. um, are all really good sources of sulfur and it helps with what we call the sulfation path in the in the liver which is a really important path for detoxification yeah so again, when I'm looking at someone's diet, I'm looking to see, well, are they eating vegetables? You know, no wonder they're toxic. They're they're eating, they're eating brown food all day long. Okay, I've had this conversation a couple of times with you. Jesus, Jesus Christ, you know a lot. Um, <laughs> remind, remind me again how long your course was? <laughs> um, it was four years. So, so first year, actually, I had to almost kind of redo A levels because my A levels were. French, Spanish, and, and maths. So, not quite not the quite lead up. No. Yeah. So I ended up doing biology, chemistry, physiology, and anatomy mm-hmm. um, in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys were quite young, so it was it was yeah it was pretty intense. I think you might remember. Um, and then we did three years of nutrition. Whoa! So seven seven years total for your training. No, no, no. So four years in total. One year physiology. Oh, anatomy, I see. Biology, okay. Chemistry. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so like less harrowing. So like two years of A levels in a year. Bloody hell. Um, I think what was positive was that what they did was they took out some of the bits that weren't 
pertinent to what we were going to be doing in the future. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was kind of a cut down A level, I suppose, would be the, but it was very, yeah, very sense, in yeah. depth for the so bits you, we needed. You didn't need all of that going on. We can, well, you see, you need the biochemistry, mm. you know, to be able to understand stuff. So, mm-hmm. And then obviously you need to understand the body, so the physiology and anatomy. Yeah. Uh, one of the most intense lectures, we would go in at nine in the morning till five in the evening, and the guy we had doing physiology and anatomy dictated. Oh, no. And... Do you, I don't know if you remember, but in the days of um, overhead projectors, mm-hmm. so you know, you used to have the acetates and you would print those mm-hmm. and then you'd, you would put them up on the screen. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that. He, so he, you wrote, just... he wrote on the glass with a with a, a pen that you could wipe off. So, uh, and then, so how did that, did he write backwards or no, something? No, so he, I don't know, no. So he would draw things like bones on it. Oh, then, okay, right, okay, so okay. He would draw diagrams on it. So he would be talking drawing a diagram and then the minute he'd finished he'd wipe it so if you hadn't finished <laughs> drawing your bone or whatever you were you were stuck and if someone oh, asked yeah, a question yeah. then he would have to go back and start dictating again and of course it would be in the wrong place so you'd have like broken sentences and anyway so that's that's how we did physiology and anatomy but my hand two days in a row Saturday Sunday yeah, you'd once have to a, a month turn to a claw yeah you would just literally be Jesus, because I remember, I, yeah, the overhead projector for me was last one was probably primary school. Right. I, it's like when you're saying about the glass, do you remember yeah. having to? It was always someone who was dictating where yes. it was showing where the words were. Yeah, just exactly. So you knew it was, yeah, oh yeah. my god. Yeah, but this wasn't even on a bit of gl- bit of paper. It was just literally wiped off. Overhead projector. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't thought about that in a while. Yeah. No. Well, they've all gone now, haven't they? Sad. Yeah. Smart, but, but, smart yeah. balls. So that was the first year, and then I say then we did three years of nutrition. Yeah. Um, lectures um and i mean the funniest thing i think for me was that every month you'd have a new subject mm. okay and by the end of the, the weekend you'd be like, right okay yeah i've definitely got that and i've got that that's probably me as well and you know i think we turn in a whole load of hypochondriacs in the, in the process mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay well it's like reading whatever at um, md.com or whatever it is yeah. online where you're yeah, just yeah, there yeah. like you start you start thinking yeah i've things. got everything got everything going on but then, you know, once you've qualified, you have to do CPD, so continual professional development. Mm-hmm. And you have to do at least 30 hours a year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Makes in sense. the old yeah. days, that was lectures. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd go along to talks and things like that. Obviously, now we can do webinars and mm-hmm. things, which are, I mean, I've done so many in lockdown. Mm-hmm. It's been brilliant. But I think just having a thirst uh, for knowledge and the subject, I'm just always picking stuff up. I think, yeah, I think with that, with uh, doctors or anything like that, you're... you're you're not going to do it unless you're always wanting to find out more stuff yeah. and you always want to work with developing yourself, which is good because you, yeah. you obviously get the right people in the job there. But yeah, you're not going to be yeah. just like arm training, that'll do. Yeah. And like the thyroid, as you say, with the thyroid cancer, once I had my thyroid taken out, it was like, okay, right, I've got to be able to optimise my body mm-hmm. without Without it. this, yeah. And so I had to learn a whole, you know, I knew, I knew something of the thyroid, but not the level I do now. So what, as you don't have it, what was... What roles or what function was the thyroid doing? So your th- or what does it do for, yeah, for people who okay. still have it? So your thyroid um, is about your metabolism. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it kind of regulates the speed at which you burn calories. Okay. Very simplistically. It does more than that, but if we just take it very simplistically. So your, your thyroid makes a hormone called uh, thyroxine, mm-hmm. T4, we mm-hmm. call it. Um, so it's one part tyrosine, four parts iodine, mm-hmm. or hence T4. Um, but to get that into your cells, um, it has to become T3. So you need to lose an iodine molecule to become T3. So you need iodine in your system, but you need a whole load of other stuff, protein. Uh, you need 
cortisol not to be too high mm-hmm. as well. And it's the T3 that ends up in your cell and then generates the energy. Okay, so um, so I'm on uh, thyroxine as a medication mm-hmm. and then my body has to do that conversion. But the places your body converts, it's not the thyroid itself. A lot of people think it must be the thyroid. It's actually your liver and your gut okay. that do the majority of the conversion. Mm. So if people's liver and, and gut health isn't right, then they won't convert very well. So it's in conjunction with other, other organs. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so you have these transporters that will carry the T4 to the liver and then onto the gut as well. And then you get the conversion. Now, where stress comes in, which is really interesting, is that cortisol, if it's too high, will send uh, T4, not down the T3 pathway, but down the reverse T3 pathway. So what does that do? So reverse T3 says, slow down, store fat. Uh, so that's a specific reaction to stress. Yes. Okay. Yes. So the example I always give is if you know if you were in a lot of danger, so an awful example, but if you were in a concentration camp, mm-hmm. your life is in danger. There's no food. Your body is not going to make lots of T3 and burn calories. It's going to switch you to reverse T3 because you're in a famine mm-hmm. and you're you're in Easy. fear of your life. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you will say so. So you so say the concentration camp is the stress environment. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. it and, and lack of food. Mm-hmm. So or you know if you were in the middle of a famine, it would be the same thing. That would be a stress of no. The, the lack of food would be a stress, wouldn't it? Oh, okay. So it's just uh, got you, got you. Yeah. 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 So, it's, it's, so that's, so a, that's a physiological says, stress, yes. not just a mental thing. Exactly. Got so you. your body says right, okay, we need to slow slow down the amount of calories we're burning because we don't know when the next meal's coming. Mm-hmm. And whatever food we do have, we want to store as fat so yeah. that we can use call upon that at some point. Yeah. Okay. But of course, in the modern world, a lot of us are living under immense stress. But it's not physical. But it's not physical, but our brain doesn't perceive it as anything different. It still different. processes it the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so it uses that mechanism to protect you. Hmm. So maybe some of the reason why a lot of us put on weight in lockdown was the stress level mm-hmm. affecting the thyroid. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, uh, and, and actually in the, when was it? I think late 60s, early 70s, guys in the gym used to take T3. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. So it kind of you shouldn't be telling me people no, this. People, no, people think it's a good idea. No, no well you can't. I mean, you just can't get hold of it now. You oh, okay, okay. Thank God for that. No, no, it's, it's illegal to do that. Now. But that's that's what that's what. That's what level they were going to. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they discovered. You know. Damn. Yeah. So a lot of people that can't lose weight, it is it is worth getting their thyroid checked. Yeah. Um, and as I say. Nine times out of ten, it's just ruling it out to say no, that's not the issue. Mm. But but again, going back to um, how we measure it in the UK, it varies from country to country. We only measure something called TSH, so it's thyroid stimulating hormone. Mm. So that is the uh, the pituitary gland that's pumping out mm-hmm. TSH. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you the analogy of a central heating system. Okay, that's the best. That's how I always explain it to people. So if you imagine your thermostat is your pituitary. Mm-hmm. Your boiler is your your thyroid, and the rest of your body are the radiators. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a feedback loop, isn't it, with the central heating system? The, th- yep. the thermostat will switch the boiler on when it gets too cold, mm-hmm. and it will switch it off when it gets the right temperature. Mm-hmm. So that's what the pituitary is meant to be doing: signaling to the thyroid to stimulate it, to tell it to make thyroxine, mm-hmm. and then your body should heat up. And then when you're hot enough, your your pituitary should say to the thyroid, "Okay, stop making thyroxine." That's how it should work. Okay. However, going back to the analogy of the, the heating system, mm-hmm. you could have a boiling hot radiator next to the thermostat in the hall, 
and the ones upstairs in the bedroom are freezing. Okay, okay. Because, so a lot of people... So different parts that, of the body. Yeah, so right. a lot of people that have got a low thyroid function have got cold hands and feet. Oh. So it's almost like they haven't quite got enough to, to reach the outer parts not of pushing. your body. Is that a carpal tunnel or is that something else? No, carpal tunnel is is related can be related to thyroid function, but it's 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 more of a thing in here. But so it's still related to is that still the cold hand symptoms? It, it can away? be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why some people and and also cold nose can be the other thing people have. Um, you know, a bit like a dog. So, so someone slips outside on a cold day. No, I've got it. It's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, cold nose. But but the, but of course the way that the medical profession have been taught mm. to measure thyroid function is TSH. So all they're checking is your thermostat works correctly. Mm. And they've got, um, so it's 0.25 or 27, I think it is, to 4.2 is the range. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're in that range, they say you're okay. But optimal would be below two. If you go around 3.94, you could be feeling pretty ill. Mm. But no one's going to treat you until you're over 4.2. That sucks. And because they they don't measure T4 and they don't measure T3. So it's just the thermostat. So they just check the thermostat. Yeah. They don't check the boiler and they don't check the radiators. Oh, God. So a lot of people that I see will do privately a full blood panel mm. for their thyroid because it might be that, yes, TSH is right. It might be T4 is right, but it could be their T3 is not converting. Yeah. And their reverse T3 is high. It's all very complicated. It's very it? complicated, but I, as I say, the analogy for me is is yeah, the, that makes sense. Yeah, is the central heating system. Yeah, because um, not just not just one like, thing. Yeah. yeah, that's like paying for, you know, British Gas or someone to to service your central heating every year, and they walk in and go, yeah, thermostat works. I'm off now, and you go, yeah, but I've got a radiator in the bedroom. That's and the boy is making weird noises. And the boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they like, go, nah, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's or, wow. Or like yeah. me, uh, you've removed my boiler. Oh, okay. So I've got to hope that the, the thyroid hormone they've given me is enough get for it. Yeah. Radiators. yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. So it's because it's a feedback mechanism. It's it's very different, you know. Hmm. Um, and you've got autoimmunity as well for some people. So you've got antibodies that are being created that are attacking the thyroid itself. Mm. So, um, and that can be gluten for some people. Mm hmm. It's at the root cause of that. And again, they don't really measure people's antibodies. Now they've got a lot to catch up on. Well, it comes down to money. Mm, so okay. a TSH test um, might cost £18. A TSH T4 test is probably £80 in the NHS. So, right. I, so what happens is your blood test goes into the NHS. Let's say your doctor asks for T4 and T3. Mm -hmm. The laboratory sees TSH is normal, suggests, and so they don't do the secondary tests mm. because they don't see any value. Oh, right. Okay, because because it's not alarm bells with TSH. Exactly. And so they don't, because it's not going to change the outcome, it's not going to change what the doctor's going to do, because mm. all he can prescribe is thyroxine. If TSH is in range, he's he's done, he or she, they've done their job. Right. So it doesn't help the people that don't fall into the right category, and that's where we kind of come in to try and help, mm. you know. And there are a few doctors out there that understand it a bit more, mm -hmm. but ultimately it goes back to they, they probably don't get much training on it. I mean, how many things does a GP get trained on? I don't know. Thousands. Yeah. You know? And how long do they get with someone? 
seven minutes. Yeah, something like that. I see someone for an hour. Yeah. So I, so I, you know, I am, I am sympathetic. I suppose is the best word to, to the NHS. Yes. Do you know what oh I mean? yeah. I'm Hell yeah. I, 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 I am not critical. I'm not critical. I'm not no, they just need more money, need more help. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's the way they're trained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I think what you've always got to remember that. And you know, a GP, yes, they will dis- dispense a certain amount of medication, but they are also triaging you for mm-hmm. a specialist. Mm-hmm. You know, so they'll send you to the endocrinologist. Or yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, I think that's one which people forget the acronym. They're still called general practitioner for exactly. a region. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're trained on a, on a wide variety, but not a great depth on everything. Yeah. 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 Obviously, yeah, so obviously, obviously, no disparagement towards doctors. It's just no, the absolutely. reality of it. Not at all. No, yeah. but the reality of it, and, yeah. the, and the way they're trained. So. You know, that, mm. and I'm, you know, and, and interestingly, I went on a, um, a course for functional medicine a few years ago, and and what was lovely to see was a few doctors starting to go to that course. Cool. Um, there was a lot of nutritional therapists, a lot of chiropractors, osteopaths, and then there were GPs as well. And mm. the American functional medicine doctors that were coming over to train us, they would say, now for the purposes of the the doctors in the room, we'll go through this physiology anatomy. Um, and you know, say how the adrenals work and cortisol, mm. but we know that the nutritional therapists in the room are all well, very, very well familiar with this area oh, yeah. because we deal with it all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just partly, you know, training. Mm. Well, that's that's been just about an hour, yeah, fifty-three minutes. That wow. is. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? It does, and and yeah, you have to be careful because once I start talking, you can't shut me up. Well, that's that's why I wanted to get you on because I know um it's. On the endless walks we've had for the last couple of months, yeah. it's just always like, Jesus Christ, that does that, that does this, I don't know that. So I thought, you know, can't be only me benefiting from it. <laughs> well, it's not fair for it to be only be me benefiting from it. Well, thank you. Thank you for asking me to do it. I've loved every minute of it. Good. Maybe we can pick another topic another time. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, I think we'll give, give, the, give the three listeners a break, <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I'll share it out for you as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Might, get, might get four or five. Well, I hope for the best. Yeah. Well, thank thank you very much, Mum. Um, that was awesome, and we will do this again. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for listening. <laughs>